welcome to the joyfulness broadcast so today i've got jeff which is basically a business successful version of me <laughs> is what came to mind um so you're 23 years old um and living in san diego so you're running to business doing well well done good on you <laughs> yeah it's really nice and so how's that all been for you Oh, it's been pretty good. Thanks for having me, Nick. Uh, first off, yeah, no, everything's like life's great. Couldn't, couldn't really ask for more. Um, kind of just, yeah, living out here in San Diego, you know, hanging out with my friends and just really enjoying life. Um, I would say kind of on the weekends, you know, one of my biggest hobbies is just kind of really getting out there. I think uh, now, especially with COVID, you know, everyone's just, you know, kind of stir crazy. You know, a lot of people are kind of, you know, at home, but um, I've been really trying to, you know, get out there in nature um, kind of go on road trips, um, you know, try and see if I could do any sort of travel, travel, responsible traveling. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, just, um, you know, really trying to look at life in a really positive light. Cool. Sounds really fun. <laughs> Sounds like you're having a lot of fun. Yeah. And so you mentioned just before, I thought this would be a really good uh, thing to talk about the near death experiences you recently had. Would you like to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, a few weeks ago, probably probably about two, three weeks ago, I had the, the chance to go down to Tulum um, down in Mexico, in Mexico in the Yucatan Peninsula. Um, I was down there for about 16 days. Um, really interesting. So I basically kind of decided that I was I was basically kind of just working, you know, kind of at home going so crazy and uh, kind of just you know, really, really in my head. And I was like, Hey, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I, I just really need to, I feel like I'm, you know, losing touch with this one side of myself. Um, so I was, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take a spontaneous trip and, you know, kind of set something into place and, you know, everything else will kind of work its way around that. Um, so I basically two days before kind of just booked this 16 day trip, solo trip down to Tulum, Mexico, um which was a little little interesting um you know i kind of i've never really traveled solo um so it was kind of a really interesting feat and um yeah basically you know i've i don't know i've been traveling my whole life um but normally with friends but this time i kind of you know really felt the urge to kind of just go down there and explore um really interesting my dad um back in the day when he was around my age kind of did this two month or one month trip around mexico um, so I was kind of, I was kind of like, wow, you know, I really want to go explore that area of the world. Um, so it kind of brought me down there. Um, and then this one day, I think it was like the third day of my trip, I kind of said, Hey, you know, um, I really want to kind of get out there, you know, go see something other than just gloom and, uh, Chichen Itza, Chichen Itza is down there. It's one of the wonders of the world. Um, so I kind of made a, made a little decision. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to run a, run a moped. And I'm going to, you know, send it out there to Chichen Itza, go see what's out there. Um, and I basically had two near-death experiences that were very, very crazy and kind of just changed my entire outlook <laughs> of life. Um, so the first one was basically um, shortly after I rented this moped, um, I basically, um, I went out there, I was driving um, and the driving in, you know, a third world country, especially if you have a moped, um, you know, you're not exactly obeying traffic laws to the right, yeah. full extent. <laughs> um, you know, you're kind of weaving yeah. around cars and, you know, you're going in between the cars and so forth. Mm. Um, and basically it was kind of like one lane, one lane. 
And I was kind of going in the middle um, to try and pass this one car that was just um, really going slow. The traffic situation in Tulum is kind of a mess. Um, and I'm going in between these two cars and basically there's this one um, van that's just turning, um, just turns really fast, doesn't really see me um, as I'm going, clips the back of my moped and my moped, I'm going probably 40, 45 miles per hour. My moped, the back um, tire, goes in the air and pops out and I do basically a full 180 and somehow landed. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I'm just looking around and everyone's just like, oh my God, like, how did you just land that? So that was kind of the first experience um, that happened. And I, after that, I was kind of just like, whoa, you know, kind of reflected a little bit. I was like, wow, you know, someone, someone upstairs is, you know, watching out for me. That's, that's pretty crazy. Um, so that kind of, you know, got me, you know, a little, I was like, wow, you know, that was, that was a really crazy experience. And then, you know, the second time um, when I had this near death experience, I would say this time was even more crazy. Um, basically I was driving out to Coba, which is basically probably 150 to 200 miles away from the actual Tulum area. So it's basically just this, just this stretch of land, uh, no cell reception and no development. It's basically just jungle on both sides, single lane freeway um 100 kilometers an hour um so basically everyone's just going really fast um there's no gas stations or anything in in sight there's no cell reception um and i'm going out there at maybe 6 30 p.m um so sun's about to set um and basically i had this moped that it didn't have a gas gauge on it so it didn't have like a hey you're running out of gas you should you know maybe go to the gas station it just had a red light that turned red whenever um, the fuel was low. So basically, as I'm exactly halfway through um, to um, Coba, the light turns red. And I'm kind of like, oh, my God, you know, this could be really bad. I have no cell reception. My, you know, it's about to be, you know, dark. Um, you know, earlier in the trip, we saw snakes. We saw massive scorpions. We saw all these things that were in this jungle. I know the whole time the locals are telling you like don't go venturing in the jungle there's bad things in there you know um so there was kind of you know that element there was also kind of you know who knows who could kind of pull on the side of the road maybe someone could take you or police you know there's all basically you know all these thoughts in my head i was like you know i need to make it to this gas station if i don't and i'm spending the night out here who knows what could happen um you know, it was, it was a really frightening and scary moment. And I'm kind of just on this moped. I'm kind of, you know, trying to get my aerodynamics down so I can, you know, move a little bit faster. And um, basically the light goes from, you know, slowly flashing to flashing a little bit more and flashing really rapidly. And um, I was, a, you know, I was born and raised Christian. Um, haven't really, you know, prayed to God in probably about, you know, four years, five years. Um, just because, you know, I came to college and um, I don't know, you know, college is kind of a really interesting place for religion. Um, that's a, kind of another another story. Um, but basically, you know, I, you know, I still know phrases. I still know, um, you know, the, the prayers and so forth. So, you know, I started saying the Lord's Prayer just over and over and over, um, you know, praying to God. And at one point, my moped dies and I'm on the side of the road, probably about 25 miles away from anything any civilization anything sun setting and i'm like oh my god like this is a really bad situation like what's going to happen um and i basically 
just start praying to my moped and I'm just like please like just turn on this like I need you to turn on like please turn on um and the moped it turned on um after just waiting for five minutes just kind of praying to this moped praying to God the moped <laughs> turns on and it went another 25 30 miles and it died again as I'm pulling into a gas station oh cool. um, so that was after those two events, I was, I was kind of like, wow, you know, that was, uh, that was something really crazy. That was so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing so, the story. Yeah. So, that yeah. was uh really, really crazy stories. How did that um, impact you? Um, well, it definitely, it was definitely on my mind for a few days. Um, I think, you know, after that, um, you know, after really kind of getting, you know, having this experience with kind of a higher being, um, you know, it definitely really kind of got me thinking a lot, you know, about spirituality. Um, now I'm reading this book about spirituality. I can't think of it off the top of my head, um, but really, really good. Um, so I'd say I'm kind of right now in that process of, I guess, identifying and diagnosing what happened with the event, <laughs> um, you know, and kind of processing it in my own head. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's really interesting. It's kind of leading me, you know, to, I guess, a more spiritual way of life, which is, I think, pretty awesome. So what does, what does a more spiritual way of life mean to you? Um, I would say just a deeper connection with, I guess, myself, my conscience. And I think that was definitely what I was looking for when I booked my spontaneous trip to Tulum. Um, because, you know, I was kind of living out here in San Diego, you know, I was making good money. I had, you know, friends living in a beautiful place, sunny skies, but I had something that inside of me, it just wasn't there. Um, not saying that I was a sad person or anything. It just felt like there's a part of me that was kind of disconnected, wasn't there. Um, so I was, I was kind of went on it as kind of like a, you know, I need to kind of fuel my fire again. I need to, you know, rediscover, you know, the spirit of adventure and kind of, you know, really get out there. So um, I found it and uh, it was, it's successful trip. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So how have you, how have you found that it's connected? So before the trip, right before the trip, like your day-to-day -day life compared to after having those experiences, um, what have you found has changed, if anything? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, well, for starters, I would say improved productivity um, times 10. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I would say, yeah, um, especially, you know, well, while I was in Tulum, um, you know, I was still doing my full working nine to five, basically kind of just hostel hopping and working out of co-working spaces. Um, but what I found, what I really noted, which was re really interesting to me was that, you know, when you're presented in a workplace, a work environment, and you have kind of this motive, which is, you know, if I finish my work quicker, I could go on the beach and have a good time and watch yeah, the sunset yeah, yeah. and, you know, eat really good food. Um, then it makes you work 10 times harder. Um, so that's something that I've been just kind of digesting in my head um, for the past, you know, few, few days and weeks. Um, because normally whenever I'm in San Diego, it's kind of this, you know, I'm going to work and then, you know, I'm going to eat chicken and rice and work out and then watch a movie and go to sleep and do it all over again. So it's kind of this repetitive cycle that there's not much 
not to look forward to, but it's just a very repetitive, repetitive cycle. And, you know, I really want to kind of, you know, find that something to keep me on my toes again. So I would say now, um, you know, I would say now I'm just way more productive and kind of have this, this different outlook. Um, it's awesome. So where does the increased productivity come from for you? Um, I would say just thinking about the memories, um, you know, I would say, you know, all the, all the adventure, all the things that I saw, the people that I met, um, I would say relationships, especially, um, you know, going there solo, especially meeting people in a lot of the hostels. I think, you know, there's a lot of value in that. And um, I think, you know, just kind of reminiscing about, you know, all the people I met, the food that I tried, the things that I saw, um, it was definitely, you know, one of those things that kind of keeps that fire, that fire going. What, what is the fire? What, what do you mean by fire? <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, kind of just, you know, the internal motivation, I think internal ah, motivation okay. is one of the things that um, I think makes any, anyone successful is, you know, having that internal motivation to do anything, do the things. Ah, so to. your motivations have changed since the experience. I would say motivations have changed. Yeah. With work. So before it was more like to get it done so you can do the other things, but it's now it's mm -hmm. what? Yeah. And I think, um, I think for me, especially too, there was kind of a little paradigm paradigm change because, you know, before I kind of had this idea where it was, you know, work, 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 work to get money. Yeah. And that money will bring me a, you know, a better life. Right. Um, now for me, it's kind of, work to get more freedom work to get more you know ability to go travel explore have these experiences so i think you know now it's more work to have experiences versus work for just money so it's it's kind of a different monetary value that i see you know with uh it right legal. okay mm -hmm. um and has the work itself been more enjoyable or is it still the same or I would say more enjoyable. Um, I think for most of my work, at least, um, I do a lot of Zoom calls. I do a lot of, you know, face-to-face -face meeting with people. Um, and I would say, you know, when, when I'm talking to people now, I kind of have like this, this different, I guess, head on my shoulders. Um, I think, you know, I'm more kind of in the zone. I feel like I communicate and empathize with people on a really, really deep level now. Um, I would say, yeah, the feeling of empathy is, is kind of one of those things that I felt that I was sort of lacking, you know, seeing it from a different perspective. Um, right. I think it's, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, that's cool. So it's sort of what I'm trying to see is if, if it like, um, if there's more of, so, you know, in work, we tend to focus on like goal oriented and tasks and stuff where, whether there's been like a shift more to, oh, wow, there's a person in front of me. I get to talk to them. Like whatever we talk about, that's cool. But like there's someone in front of me, we can talk. And so it becomes like more enjoyable and more. Yeah, yeah, no, I would definitely say that, um, you know, definitely, especially, you know, whenever you're jumping on sales calls, especially too, there's always kind of this. Underlying. Know, like this two to three minutes of small talk before. And, you know, before I would kind of just be like, okay, you know, let's kind of get to the, let's get to the meat, you know, let's dig in there. Let's start talking about certain things. But now I'm kind of, you know, really enjoying that, you know, Hey, you know, where, where are you from? You know, let's kind of try a little bit more. So I feel like, you know, I feel like, especially with sales, yeah. um, 
there's definitely all those different elements that come into play. And, you know, especially if you want to be a good salesman, you got to be a good storyteller. You got to be a good um, empathizer. You got to be able to connect with people on a really deep level. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. You know, there's a lot more to just, you know, there's a lot more than just the sales presentation. It's, you know, the full, the full package. Right. Well, I mean, from my end, it's uh, when I, and I'm talking, cause I've talked to lots of people on the phone trying to sell me things. Um, actually the most, the best one I've had was one with this woman. She didn't like, she was, I, we were both under, under the understanding that there was a sale thingy pitch, but it wasn't like what she said, like she said at the end is like, um, sort of leaving it up to me, not really pushing because I feel like a lot of the other sales stuff I was at least that I had experiences with were very pushy, like pressure. Okay, let's do it. Do it now. Like, look, back. (laughs) but Uh without um, actually just trusting the person and just letting them come to their own conclusions, more like you're an idiot. You need to do this now. Come on. (laughs) Instead of like, you know, you already, I've told you everything you need to know. If you have, if you feel like it's a good fit, feel free um there's no like pressure oh it was so freeing my whole idea of what it was to sell actually changed after that uh, Mm -hmm. phone call um i was like this is so much nicer and i feel like it would be way more effective (laughs) like you'd make way more sales because you're not pushing anyone you're just telling them hey this is what i got um if you want it you can have it um Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it you don't have to if you don't want to it's all good (laughs) Yeah. So have you found that the, um, your results or the, the results have sort of gotten better? Yeah. Yeah. No, I would say so. Definitely getting a lot more, you know, positive, positive feedback, positive responses. I would say right. now definitely, you know, with that internal motivation kind of just comes, you know, I guess a sense of, you know, more confidence in myself when I'm, you know, in kind of the communicative, um, you know, field when I'm selling and talking to people and so forth. Um, I would say, you know, now, you know, before it was kind of, hey, you know, I know my product's good. Um, you know, this is why it's good. Now it's, you know, more of, I'm super duper confident. I know we could take you to the next level. I know, you know, this, 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 um, you know, and just, I guess, basically just being able to, you know, connect on a really deeper, deeper level and um, really, you know, tell people a story. Hey, you know, if, if you do this, then you're going to get this, you know, and um, right. yeah and help like connect on a way through, through their eyes so that they can see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how, how you find that? Has that been something you had to learn or? Um, I would say just repetition. Right. Uh, it's definitely one of those things, you know, with sales, um, you meet everyone and every, everyone and anyone, and you basically kind of deal with all these different personality types. Um, and I think that's, what's just really interesting, you know, about life too, you know, as you're, you're going to deal with all these different types of people. Um, and, you know, eventually, you know, once you encounter every single type of person, you'll, you'll realize, you know, how certain people react to certain things that you say. And, um, I think that there's, you know, a ton of value in that. Right. Okay, well, so you mentioned something earlier about um, religion in college. Um, well, I'd, I'd love for you to expand on that. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, for my university. Um, that was, yeah, no, that was that was really really interesting. Um, because when, yeah, no, when I was in high school, I went to, you know, for the premise, I went to a, um, 
I went to a Christian middle school and then I went to a Catholic high school. Um, so I was, you know, very Christian uh, all throughout basically my upbringing all the way into high school and then um, kind of came to college and just about everyone was an atheist, um, which was really crazy to me. Um, and it was more of kind of the, from the intellectual standpoint, um, because I would say, you know, when it comes to religion, um, you know, I'm not, don't really want to take a stance on religion. Um, but, you know, I would say that, you know, for the most part, it's very, um, there's kind of, you know, the science argument versus kind of the, you know, religious spiritual argument. Um, so I think college is definitely one of those things where there's, you know, there's that science argument and, you know, a lot of people kind of stand by that. So it's, uh, it was really interesting. <laughs> right. How, how did you find it? Or how did you find it impacted you as well? Like, um, I mean, I would say there's definitely a ton of value in it because it definitely gets you thinking outside of the box. Um, and I think, you know, everything out there, um, you want to question everything at the end of the day. Um, because if you don't, you know, one day, you know, you'll kind of realize, Hey, you know, I should have questioned that earlier. I should have, you know, had this thought process because, you know, if you think about certain things, it'll kind of bring you down a rabbit hole and, you know, you'll learn about, um, you know, all these different connections that uh, would have normally never made. So definitely really cool. You were willing, were you willing to question your own beliefs about? Um, I would say so. I, I would say so. Definitely questioning my own beliefs, um, I guess, from the basis of science. Um, I mean, now I wouldn't technically say that, you know, I'm one certain religion. I would say that you know, I would classify myself as, you know, I, I saw a higher being. I believe that there's a higher being out there that was, you know, watching over me and helping me and, you know, guided me through what, you know, I went through, um, whether that be Jesus Christ, whether that be Allah, Buddha, um, I'm not sure. I'm kind of finding that out for myself right now through, you know, meditation and reading and um, learning a little bit deeper. Um, but there was something out there and right. I do, do believe in it <laughs> right yeah yeah well with the atheist one it's um it is there's quite a lot of atheism in, in i think that's the dominant culture right now is sort of um secularism so not not mm -hmm. any but but i find that it's actually quite if i look back to myself it's actually quite arrogant because it's saying like i know what it is but like we're just i don't know what it is like there was something but don't really know what it was but i'm yeah question it yeah yeah I mean, and i mean you know with modern science there is still a lot of question out there there's a lot of things that are just unexplainable that you know science can't explain so i mean the only other logical belief is that you know higher power a higher power something else you know um something else did it yeah well science is very interesting i think science is really good at explaining um like the how things work but not mm -hmm. why it can't it doesn't touch why or it doesn't touch like for example like how did everything come out of nothing mm -hmm. <laughs> what will science tell you i don't know i actually have no idea yeah mm -hmm. it might give some idea about how it happened maybe potentially mm -hmm. but there's no there's no way it's like almost beyond reasoning it's beyond it's like a next 
sort of paradigm paradigm shift yeah it's very interesting um to explore and sounds like you're in that I, I love i love your honesty you're like it was it jesus was it allah that's like a big thing to say uh, if you've been growing up christian for your for your life yeah, yeah yeah i think um yeah i mean college definitely taught me to you know question everything um you know but i would say um you know i'd say kind of where i stand right now is you know on a more logical i would say standpoint um but you know once you kind of bring that logic and you kind of spice in a very spiritual experience like the one that i had that was you know very um you know kind of in the face of death you know it kind of changes a little bit of you know your perspective on things so i think um now it's kind of given me you know a little rabbit hole to dive into and you know kind of explore spirituality and see you know figure yeah. out a lot of things see what it's all about yeah that's a big <laughs> yeah um so do you do you go to church do you um i don't go to church right now um i used to right how was that for you um it was really fun i think um it was fun you know, Oh yeah, I'll say I'll say. Wow. Um, well, well, I mean, fun mainly because I was uh, sixteen through eighteen years old, and I was going with you know a lot of my friends from ah. uh, school. So a lot of it was, it was mass. Um, and I would say you know definitely like the teachings of the the you know the church. Um, you know a lot of it is kind of moral values, which is really great, and I think that's one of the things that basically every single religion as well as society as a whole has in common is, you know, be a good person, be a good person in society, love other people, don't do bad things. Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of value in that. And I think that it's amazing that that's kind of, you know, the centralized teaching of, you know, society and all religions. Yeah. Wow. Very, very positive experiences with our church. That's, a, that's awesome. So what kind of um, sect was, it? is it just Christianity? Uh, yeah, Christianity. Um, I went to a Catholic high school. Um, Catholicism is, it, it was interesting. Um, it was definitely a little bit more extreme than Christianity, I would say. Um, What's the difference? What was the difference for you? Um, to be quite honest, I'm not sure the difference. Um, oh, did you, well, what, what difference? How did you feel about it? Like, was one a bit lighter and another one a bit more heavy on guilt or something? Yeah, I would say, yeah, uh, Catholicism is definitely a lot more heavy. Um, I would say right. Christianity was was a little bit more, I guess, laid back would be the word. Term right, right. right. But, um, ah, okay, I see. Mm -hmm. the, the, has, does it have a lot of guilt and sort of around sin? And Yes, I would say a lot of guilt around sin. Um, I would say it's a lot more praying um, in Catholicism um yeah what yeah. kind of praying um just like they had kind of the hail mary you know the lord's prayer all these different prayers and and songs and so forth and um i don't know it was it was um it just felt a lot more kind of structured right. which is kind of what i wasn't necessarily looking for i think <laughs> i think uh christianity is a lot more you know i would say more open wow um, Cool. I have no idea about the differences, so it's fun <laughs> to learn. Um, yeah, I have. I haven't really touched base in probably about five years on Catholicism versus Christianity. So uh, yeah. it's a uh, kind of a distant, distant memory, but uh, kind of exploring, exploring again, which is cool. All right. 
So where are you where are you at now? What with all that? Um, I mean, I would say basically just reading. I would say now I'm kind of just more in kind of the student exploring spirituality. A great place of- to start, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think um, you know, I kind of went through this whole, you know, religious not non-religious, but more kind of take a step back, look at everything logically, you know, um, see where all the all the pieces are. And then now I'm kind of back into the, all right, I had an experience. Let's explore deeper into it. What does it mean? You know? Right. Yeah. So I'll say that's where I'm at right now. Right. So how do you, what's your view of, um, of God or higher power? How do you see it? Um, I mean, I definitely think there's a higher power out there. Um, definitely. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a, there's a higher power out there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure anything else about it. You know, that's, uh, that's kind of. <laughs> right. Okay. That's the, only, that's the only fact I could say about it. Yeah. So there's a, 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 and what do you mean by higher power? So that, what does that mean when you say it? Um, I think just someone that's kind of up there kind of looking over you know creator is you know one word you could use to describe it so your view of creator is it like um <laughs> like one of the bearded men <laughs> or is it is it an entity is it a being or is it something I would, else? I would think that it would be an entity um i mean yeah i i, I would say an entity okay and what makes you say that To be quite honest, I'm not sure, honestly. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, still kind of speechless, still trying to, you know, really interpret it. Um, Mm. So I'd say, yeah, I guess I'm in kind of the process of really making sense of it myself. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) So sometimes it's a lifelong process, you know? (laughs) Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah, but what, what? Do you find that you're praying more after that experience with the moped? <laughs> um, I mean, eh, not not necessarily. Um, I would say I'm. I would say more of kind of my outlook on spirituality right now is just being comfortable in my own mind. Um, there's a book that I'm reading. I mentioned it in the beginning. Um, not sure of the name. Still don't remember the name. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, basically the entire premise of the book is you know it starts off in this setting with this this kid and he basically um goes on this little backpacking trip to Colorado and he basically goes away for two weeks and it's supposed to be kind of like a spiritual um you know you're supposed to go out there and kind of have this experience by yourself for three days next to this lake and kind of just you in your head your thoughts um you know it's supposed to be this eye-opening you know life-changing event um and basically um the kid he was I think he was like 16 18 years old basically the whole time he had a journal and he was just writing about how he wants, he can't wait to eat the burger when he gets back and he can't wait to do this and he can't wait to do that. And basically he had this just really, really negative experience. And the whole time it was sort of like almost like a torture. Um, And, you know, basically at the end, the entire group got back together and some people were saying, Hey, that was a horrible experience. And some people were saying that was the greatest experience ever. Um, and basically the entire premise of the book is just depicting both sides of the argument. Um, and it's really interesting because they basically kind of pull in this example where they say, you know, one of the worst punishments in the entire world is solitary confinement. 
where it's basically just you in a room by yourself, no other stimulation out there. But at the same time, there's these monks, there's these Christians that, you know, they'll go somewhere in the mountains in the middle of nowhere and pray and meditate for years straight without that stimulation. Um, So it's basically just about, you know, how humans can, you know, um, right now the cycle is, you know, we get satisfaction and then we crave the next satisfaction and then we get that. And then, you know, the next one and the next one, the next one, we eat pizza, makes us happy. We watch TV and makes us happy. And it's so, so on, so on. It's basically just this, um, you know, repetitive cycle. And it's basically about, you know, how can we, you know, find that kind of like that internal motivation, that internal driver, um, that basically, if there was nothing else in the world, if it was just you in a cell, you know, alone, that you would still find that happiness, that inner happiness. So it's, um, it's really interesting. Um, and the book is written basically on the premise of kind of science. Um, I would say kind of like on a science and logical um, standpoint, which is really, really interesting. So I'd say um, kind of just figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good. Uh, good um, what's the word? Ah, oh, getting mantra, kind mm-hmm. of just figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Great mantra to have. What, so what's your view if we look, um, that's a great, ah, that's a really interesting, really great thing to talk about. Um, so- solitary confinement as as a punishment by our mm-hmm. society, seen as one of the worst punishments, but at the same time, it's like also seen as a great gift in a different setting. So what, mm-hmm. how do you see it? Um, I mean, I would say right now, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of times everyone, you know, everyone wants to meditate. Everyone always, everyone knows that there's so much, so much benefit from meditation. And uh, yet it's kind of one of the hardest things to do, you know, kind of just sitting still and, you know, just being in your head for 10 minutes and trying not to think of anything. Um, I would say it's pretty tough. Um, the way that I look at it is almost as kind of a, kind of like working out, kind of like training muscle, Um, basically, you know, the ability to, um, you know, train yourself to kind of get in, you know, a specific headspace and, you know, focus and concentrate. And there's a ton of benefits behind that. Um, So I'd say that's, uh, that's kind of my daily practice. And that's really what I'm trying to, you know, improve upon. Okay, well, you said, so your your meditation was that it's uh, time to sit and just not think about, try not to think. So I'm wondering, how's that going for you? <laughs> the try not to think part. Um, I would say, you know, it's, it's definitely pretty tough. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely pretty tough. And I think um, it also has to do with the different times of the day um, that, you know, I try meditation. I would say morning times is really tough because a lot of people say, hey, you know, wake up and just start meditating. Um, but the thing is, you know, your body's still kind of asleep, you know, so I would say, for me, at least, um, one of the best practices that I do is every morning, I kind of wake up at 7am, um, make like a little green smoothie, and then go run and work out and do the sauna. And then I jump in the ocean every morning. Um, and I would say after the ocean is when I find myself in the best state to go meditate. Um, so basically, I'll kind of just, you know, sit on the beach for five to 10 minutes, kind of close my eyes and listen to the waves and try to only focus on listening to the waves so i think it's pretty cool right so you you've just um 
you have like a pinpointed focus um, approach where you're trying to mm -hmm. focus on one thing. Right. Mm -hmm. cool. Um. Also, want to point this out. Um. The book is called Waking Up by Sam Harris. So. Oh, yeah. Sam Harris. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's very popular. Yes, that's interesting. He is quite um the scientific, rational sort of approach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. So in my in my experience, I have that's um it's very helpful. But then at one at one point, it's really helpful the rational, logical approach to it all. And then at the, at the another point becomes the major hindrance. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Hindrance, trying to work it all out and, and just letting that go. Um, yeah, I find that the more I want to try to work it out, the less any, the more confusion there is, but the more I just relax and surrender the, Mm. Well, everything is just self-evident like don't have to work yeah. yeah yeah i think uh yeah i guess my stance is kind of just hearing all the different sides of the story and um kind of coming up with my own conclusion you know i think that there's, yeah, that's there's a really a good stance yeah yeah there's a lot of information on both sides and you know at the end of the day who knows what the right answer is but you know there's something that you know you could believe in and i think that stands for something so <laughs> yeah yeah, that was very similar to what my approach was. Um, I didn't have any opinions. I just want to see what it was all about. So, okay, I'll work this out for myself. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, um, but I'll find, I'll try look for it myself. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, without any belief systems. I didn't, I didn't believe in any God. I didn't have any belief systems. Um, probably atheist or agnostic. It's hard to tell. Um, mm -hmm. Close to atheist but also close to agnostic because I was like, I don't really know. Yeah. But then that pinpointed sort of, I don't really know. I'll try, I'll find out for myself. That led me um, to discover, uh, to experience the presence of God, which, which what laid the questions to, re to rest. Um, and then started me down that, mm -hmm. you know, once, once experience, it's like living in heaven. It's like everything you see right now, just completely transformed as though you're in heaven um like incredible and then returning to that all the time is where mm -hmm. where, where i'm at and to me right now the, like is what ra rationality and reason is what i'm <laughs> having to let go of <laughs> yeah which is which is tough in this culture you know because it's really what's um it's really good it's it's funny it's what it, it's what it is responsible for all the great conveniences we have and stuff and mm -hmm. so it's not something to be poo-pooed or anything it's really cool you know get a heater get a light it's really comfortable yeah oh by the way it's really funny so in terms of meditation i think there's this like spiritual fantasy that everyone has everyone has if they don't have it yet they will it'll come up at one point um to like leave everything behind and just meditate in like a cave or just meditate in a, in a in a forest. So I tried meditating in lots of different locations. I found that my couch right here is the best because I have that blanket. You know, it's actually just a fantasy. It's actually really we actually have a really good. We have a really good, and we don't have to like leave our life behind. I think that's a big idea that that it's there to be walked into by anyone on this path. It's eventually going to be walked into. Let's leave it all behind um and just go go meditate and i think that's fine for some people that's just the path that's the way it goes but for most of us i think 
it's not necessarily necessary because actually if we just stay consistent in whatever we find is helpful to search within ourselves and whether that's meditation or something else or prayer, um, mm. then it's actually really cool to live, to live in this space. Cause we have a nice couch. We have a nice blanket I can just wrap around my blanket. I can't do that in a forest. It's all like <laughs> the ground is all and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got all, all these crawlies, but here you've got a nice couch. You've got a heater if it's cold, you've got a blanket. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Is that this? Yeah. A lot, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But about rationality and reason, that seems to be a major because the mind always wants to figure stuff out and make meaning from everything. And now mm. I'm coming to a point where that's becoming a very big hindrance to peace. Cause if the mind's always ticking, trying to look for, it's re- it's kind of difficult to just be at peace <laughs> and mm. just in that stillness. Yeah. Okay, well, so you mentioned something earlier about um, religion in college. Um, well, I'd, I'd love for you to expand on that, sir. I mean, yeah, yeah, my university. Um, that was, yeah, no, that was that was really really interesting. Um, because when, yeah, no, when I was in high school, I went to, you know, for the premise, I went to a, um, I went to a Christian middle school, and then I went to a Catholic high school. Um, so I was, you know, very Christian uh, all throughout basically my upbringing all the way into high school and then um kind of came to college and just about everyone was an atheist um which was really crazy to me um and it was more of kind of the from the intellectual standpoint um because i would say you know when it comes to religion um you know i'm not don't really want to take a stance on religion um but you know i would say that you know for the most part it's very um there's kind of the science argument versus kind of the you know religious spiritual argument um so i think college is definitely one of those things where there's you know there's that science argument and you know a lot of people kind of stand by that so it's uh it was really interesting <laughs> right how, how did you find it or how did you find it impacted you as well like oh, you see it yeah well it's the same thing with uh this is something that we all experience if we have cars, um, traffic that m- most, yeah, the, it's like, oh no, why am I stuck in traffic? But that's only the case if we want to go somewhere in a certain time. If we let that go, we can just be like, oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know, look at the clouds or don't even look at anything and just, yeah, just be, which is quite difficult. Um, yeah, at sure. first, at first it's difficult, but then it just becomes, because um, it's really natural to just be. It's what we are. Oh, yeah. yeah. It just takes some, there's just a lot of a few clouds in the way before it becomes easy and joyous. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I also do believe that, um, you know, if, if there's, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's going to be cloudy days. There's going to be days where people feel down. And, you know, if you, if there's cloudy days and you just keep thinking about cloudy days and cloudy days and cloudy days, then it's just going to be, you know, this cycle of, not being happy. Whereas, you know, if you kind of look at the world and say, you know, it's beautiful, green, you know, blue skies, everything's great. You know, it's kind of this repetitive cycle of happiness, 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 you know, um, basically smiling whenever, you know, there's something bad going on. I think that's kind of, you know, you just gotta be happy. <laughs> you just gotta be happy. What, so what, what do you, 
what does happiness mean to you? Um, I mean, I would say just, you know, for me, at least kind of just living in the moment and being able to, you know, have experiences. I think, you know, experience is definitely the most important value that I have. Um, you know, I guess my biggest fear is waking up one day being, you know, 45, 50 years old saying, wow, you know, I just wasted my life away. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. You know, I want to kind of, you know, have no regrets, be able to say, yeah, you know, I took the leap of faith. Um, you know, I did that one trip. I went to that one place. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, that's basically my, my view of happiness um, is, you know, just being able to say I accomplished everything I want to accomplish. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of tough roads that you're going to have to cross to get there. And, um, I think, you know, the journey is kind of what it's all about. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a very happy view <laughs> focusing <laughs> on the journey. Yeah. I just really like exploring and kind of going outside and right. Yeah. Well, it's really cool that you've got, you've built yourself the sort of lifestyle that accommodates that um sounds very fun so where, where would you like to go next um yeah so next um i have some trout so tomorrow i'm gonna go back home to hawaii um just for like a week or two just kind of see some family and then in june i have this crazy trip planned i'm gonna go basically just backpacking around europe for a month and then i'm gonna do central america kind of like el salvador honduras nicaragua and then I want to make my way down to Santiago, Chile, um, do some snowboarding oh, and cool. then um, maybe go to Bali and kind of just play by ear, see the world. Wow. That sounds really fun. So you're a snowboarder. <laughs> snowboarder. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a decent season, but um, July is going to be kind of peak season down there in South America. So that'll be, that'll be cool. Snowboarding where in in Chile did you say? Uh yeah, Chile. Uh it's this uh resort called Valle Nevado. Wow, I didn't realize that you could snowboard there. Cool. <laughs> really good. So. Yeah. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Okay, well what about now? Um now kind of just working and uh working, hanging out and just yeah, just trying to spend as much time with my friends as possible. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. I noticed you said, and then a lot, there was a lot of, and, and thens. So do you find that that, does that motivate you or does that? I would say that that definitely motivates me. Right. Um, I think, yeah. I would say one of the biggest things, kind of bringing it back to kind of the example of back in Tulum when, you know, I'd be working and kind of that motivator would be, you know, if I finish work and I work really hard, I could go outside and enjoy sunset and have a really good meal. Um, it's kind of like, you know, if I work really hard now, um, you know, I'll be able to, you know, go on these crazy trips and do all these, you know, crazy things. Um, but that's not to get confused with kind of the whole, if I work for the next 20 years, I could have a really nice retirement. Right. Um, for me, it's more of kind of, I guess, a lifestyle design. I really want to, lifestyle design is kind of a, it's a term coined by Tim Ferriss, who I just think is... <laughs> such an awesome, awesome guy, super inspirational. Um, but basically he talks about in, in his book, four hour work week, he talks about basically what he was doing was he was doing this cycle of, it was basically three months of really hard, dedicated, inspiring work. And then he would do one month of just travel where it was just 
dedicated travel, cultural immersion, learning a new language, learning a new skill. And I just thought that was the coolest concept to me. Basically taking the way that you described it was mini retirements throughout your life. Um, just because, you know, there's a huge misconception out there. And a lot of people basically, you know, kind of are just waiting for, you know, hey, I'm going to turn 65 and I could retire and everything's going to be, you know, peaches and cream. But, you know, for me personally, I don't really want to be working all that much, you know, when I'm 20 and 30, don't get me wrong, I'm a really hard worker. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'll work really hard, but, you know, I still want to be able to enjoy it and, you know, do all the things that I want to do. And I never really want to let, you know, work kind of get in between, you know, any type of experience that I could, you know, have. So I think uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Right, right. So what I'm wondering, I also love Tim Ferriss, by the way, I think that's really that's He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't read the book, but I just, I get like a cool vibe from him. He's got, he's just got a really, he's nice a really guy. intelligent guy. I feel like yeah. hear him in any podcast. He's just, yeah, I just, yeah. my views line up with, with his views. Definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. And you're doing it. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. You know, cause anyone can listen to it, but you're actually doing it. Um, what I'm wondering, so about the, the, the motivation coming from like experiences to have, so I'm doing this so that I can have an experience and that's why I'm doing this. And that's, that's my motivation. Um, does that bring you satisfaction in the moment? Um, does it make work itself enjoyable or is it more like a means to an end? It's a really good question. Honestly. Um, I would say that it just makes work more enjoyable. Um, oh, wow. cool. yeah, which is really interesting. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it, not necessarily daydreaming, um, but I would say, um, you know, when I, when I have kind of this, you know, experience, like, you know, going, doing some work for two weeks, you know, really kind of disconnecting from, you know, reality and kind of, you know, exploring, seeing new things, meeting all these people, um, you know, when I come back to work, you know, it kind of gives me something to think about and, you know, you know, it gives me some time to reflect like, wow, you know, that one, you know, show that I went to that one, you know, place that I went to and met, you know, those people and had this, this experience, you know, that was, that was so awesome. And, you know, really just thinking about it, I think um, that gives you really crazy internal motivation um, because yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, just thinking about, thinking about it, thinking about what's next and uh, always being on your toes. It's really cool. Right. Okay. But it doesn't detract from the, enjoyment of the work though being on your toes and looking forward yeah yeah i, I would say that um yeah definitely it definitely motivates it motivates the work um and i would say just kind of makes me gen, you know a lot more genuinely happy and wow. i would say that makes my customers and clients more genuinely happy so it uh works out all the ways all yeah <laughs> yeah you might be interested in actually watching i don't know if you've watched it the there's the the surviving death episode on near-death experiences the first one so there's this thing where these people all have near-death experiences um but in in this sense the definition of a near-death experience is like uh well like you were describing it like a transformative experience but often they would sort of um venture out of this earthly um earthly realm and like visit other let's say heaven it's often quite heavenly and so there's often be and they often it's quite interesting because these people are all sharing very similar experiences like 
this embrace all warm all embracing love um very common something along those lines heavenly even going to heaven remember there's one that her i think she's quite popular i don't remember her name but she was she had a very she was able to describe her um near-death experience with really really incredible detail um and it was she visited like heaven and jesus and stuff so they're all very different but they all have very common themes um and one of the interesting things is when people have them they say i don't want to go back <laughs> so often they have a near-death experience they're in these heavenly realms completely complete love like endless love um like i don't want to go back to earth <laughs> but then they're like okay they come back they end up coming back um and then i actually have quite a difficult time integrating uh back into life um because it's like yeah like there's once you see the other side yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you're like um well what's the point of not not what's the point um but it's more like i want to go yeah. back <laughs> yeah 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 want to return, return home or something like that yeah um so for me i when I, I found that's why i'm just interested in understanding your motivations and stuff because for me when a similar thing occurred and uh i was it was very before i was very driven very driven mm -hmm. but afterwards i just <laughs> i lost the drive i'm like <laughs> yeah <laughs> For me, though, I'm very happy. It's just like a sort of chilled, like, yeah, whatever. But mm. other times it can go other ways. Yeah. So it's quite that whole near-death experience thing is very, it's a very interesting one, but it's a very, because it, it speaks to a very important point, which I don't think we talk about enough. Um, death is an assumption. It's a really, 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 really big assumption that we make. Um, mm. And we actually don't know until it happens. <laughs> so question yeah yeah and like no. your experiences i think they're really cool because they speak to this i mean the moped and the praying to me that's like what i got from that was just whenever um and based on my own experience it's just a cool reminder of if you really want something you just ask for it exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and i mean that's that's kind of one of the things that you know i was still still thinking about to you know every single day i'm like how did that turn on and how did it turn on and i got 25 30 miles on it i was like i can't explain that right uh, because it was yeah it was just you know one of those things that i can't explain right right yeah. well i have an explanation you may enjoy so it's an intellectual one it is just intellectual but i think it's it is helpful at least it has been helpful to me um in terms of like how to how even view or conceptualize God or higher power. So I know that growing up, there was the idea, which I rejected as a kid uh, growing up. That's why I was atheist. Or was the man in the sky, like bearded sort of man. Yeah, that's the one I didn't resonate with. But then, so in, in physics, you know, you got, I think what's really helpful is an understanding of fields and electro field, electromagnetic fields. So this is probably the, the most accurate, coolest explanation I've heard um, is to see God or divinity or the high power as an infinitely powerful electrostatic magnetic field that underlies all of creation and allows everything to be possible. And so everything within that field is only possible because it is uplifted by this field or else it'll just, it wouldn't be able to like stand, so to speak. Um, 
and praying i love this um it's really helpful for me and experientially true way of looking at prayer is like um it's like putting up an iron filing in that field <coughs> so in that field it's not like there's an arbitrary judge pushing and pulling everything in certain directions it's more like based on the polarity of everything in the field it's going to align a certain way so if we choose you know morally questionable things or let's say let's say we like to kill people like to make people feel bad and that's just what we enjoy that's okay cool but we've got to then pay the well the, the consequences of that will be to be aligned in the field in a certain direction which is let's say a more hellish experience um but we can also choose other things that align us in a different way in the field which bring about suddenly our whole experience of life changes and it's a lot more heavenly um, and with prayer, it's really interesting because every time we pray, we're just putting up something in the field. And if it has a truth, it'll like go this way. But if it doesn't, it'll go that way. So prayers, for example, for Lamborghinis and for for, for things um, or really prayers that tell God what to do is really, those, those aren't very powerful because they're, they're sort of arrogant. They're like, I know what to do. This is how it should be. But mm-hmm. prayers that are more like, humility and surrender for example a serenity prayer and the lord's prayer really super powerful those mm-hmm. kind of surrender acceptance help me accept help me see things differently help mm-hmm. me understand thy will those are really super powerful prayers and what i saw with the moped which was really cool it was just a continuous intensity of prayer of the lord's prayer um and so that sort of intensified it sort of we could say increase the charge on it and uh-huh. so- doesn't make anything certain but it does increase the likelihood of a response yeah and that to me is the most at least intellectually sophisticated um understanding of god prayers it makes sense it's it's kind of me saying hey i'm vulnerable i'm surrendering myself to the mercy of christ you know yeah repeatedly repeatedly repeatedly, there's power to that yeah no so i I totally i totally see where you're where you're coming from i completely Mm. agree yeah yeah so that's a really cool view because then we can um, what's that help that's helped me with is um, anytime I have a problem, I see this isn't a problem. This is just an opportunity to deepen in prayer because or surrender or serenity, which are all the same thing. Cause with deep enough surrender, it will be resolved. It's just mean if it hasn't been surrendered right now, it's just not deep enough. <laughs> I don't really want it. Otherwise I'd surrender. I'd be on my knees. Um, not like necessarily on my knees, but like, as, mm-hmm. as like an inner posture on my knees surrendered yeah because no matter what happening in life we can always surrender we can always let go we can always accept that's some we can always do that even in like the worst circumstances mm-hmm. i think going back to what you mentioned earlier about that uh the isolation is it a gift or is it a curse I think that depends on the state of mind someone is in all the state it's all the state of mind that's that's like the big thing about it um i had another guy that i met um while i was on my journey in in tulum um yeah his name was sean i actually met this guy in um a hostel it was super crazy i basically kind of just told him i was like er, i was walking past him i was like oh how's it you know through the shaka <laughs> which is uh basically like what's up in hawaii and um he was like you're from hawaii and i was like yeah i'm from hawaii and i was like you're from hawaii and basically you know grabbed a beer grabbed some food and then we're just just homies like the rest of the trip 
um, which is really cool, but um, taught me a bunch. And um, he was basically talking about um, this other concept that he read in a book about basically, I believe it was the five world concept where basically there's five different worlds out there. Um, there's, you know, there's a heaven, there's a hell, there's something worse than a hell and there's something better than a heaven. Um, and basically where we are is we're in the middle and we're basically in the world that we basically are, you know, we could um, dictate whether, you know, our world is going to be positive or whether it's going to be a negative experience. Um, so that's all basically within the mindset, which is just something that's super duper powerful um, because, you know, bringing it back to, you know, kind of meditating in a cave, you know, it could be either the greatest experience in the world or it could be something really bad. You know, if someone's on kind of a train ride through the Alps, they could say, oh man, I want to get off this train. You know, this, this train sucks. You know, I really want to do something else. Or they could look out the window and say, wow, this is the most beautiful view I've ever seen before. You know, so there's all these different, um, yeah, it's, it's all just a mindset, um, I think. Yeah. Does that um, understanding of God, does that sort of align, does that align with what you learned growing up? Just wondering, or was the growing up model more like God's this dude in the sky and you pray and you send your... I would say, yeah, it would, it would be more of kind of like the, you know, you pray to God and, you know, he'll reward you. I think that's kind of one of the things that Catholicism oh. that didn't necessarily line up with me was it was kind of the you know, if you don't believe in God, then you're going to be punished sort of belief. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was just, I don't know. I, I think um, there's, there's a couple other religions out there that are, that kind of have that similar belief. The, uh, You know, he's this supreme being that's above all. And if you don't believe in him, then you're going to be punished and you're going to go to hell and you're going to do this and this oh. and this. Oh. And it's, it's kind of a, I don't know. It doesn't sit right. It doesn't sit right. You know, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, yeah. So I think that was kind of one of the things that kind of turned me off. And um, I think, um, you know, I think that's also one of the reasons why they have, you know, religious wars and religious, um, you know, um, backlash and so forth. Yeah. Is, you know, and I think kind of that's, yeah, yeah. that's where logic comes in really well because you can even just stitch it together. Okay, you're saying God is an infinitely merciful, infinitely loving being, but at the same time, you'll be punished. What? <laughs> so that's where logic is very helpful because there seems to be some sort of fallacy there. So yeah, if, some, yeah if something is pure happiness and something is pure good and pure joy, then how can that bring a bad consequence? Of, yeah, yeah. Associated with that doesn't, doesn't make sense. So uh, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i think that so because there's upsides and downsides to everything um and one of the downsides is the dogma and just believing things without actually questioning them and coming to understand them ourselves yeah. it's quite yeah i think i think that's definitely one of the big things that i kind of encountered especially going to college was kind of that um i was growing up this way i was you know trained not to question anything and then you kind of come to college and you're all your friends, everyone there is kind of like question everything, right. question literally everything, because if you do, then you're going to, you know, you're going to learn. That's how you learn, you know, as you, you question things and you find these realizations and so forth. Um, so I think that was kind of a really big part of growing up. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now is, you know, I'm questioning everything. And now I'm kind of, you know, 
jumping down a rabbit hole and yeah. intensifying my learning. Cool. I think that yeah, it takes yeah. a lot of courage, by the way. Jeff takes a lot of courage. So well done for questioning <laughs> everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you. it you have to. I mean, um, intellectually, it might sound like yeah, just questioning beliefs, but experientially, a lot of these beliefs we've grown up with for a long time. Even like culturally, a lot of them we've believed for thousands of years. Um, yeah, to question them is quite. It's like you're bringing up all that, all the emotions that mm-hmm. have been tied with that belief. Um, uh, yeah, and, and I think there's, you know, I think there's a lot of power in questioning everything because, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people that are really religious will kind of say, hey, if, you know, if you're questioning things, that's that goes against, you know, what I believe in. That's, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. That's, you know, not that's not good. There's, you know, there's consequences for that. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know there's truths out there and I think everyone kind of has their own ways of finding those truths. And, um, I think, you know, logically it makes sense to, you know, kind of just go through and really find, find the truth out there. And at the end of the day, you'll, you know, you'll find it. So <laughs> I think that's a really good way to, um, to, to leave listeners with is, uh, question everything. That's actually a way to, um, break through any of the things that hold us back is just to continuously question where they're coming from what are they what is it yeah what does it mean um so okay well based on everything if if you have one thing to leave um people with um based on your experiences maybe actually here you go so you've built your like a really nice lifestyle for yourself you're able to do the things you'd like um and have fun doing it and serve customers and so yeah so that's really cool when you're helping people doing it um maybe there's people listening that like to like make their own lifestyle and also do that what's one thing that you could share that is the most important thing that you see for that um i would say two things one read the four hour work week um because that'll kind of teach you the framework for how to do it what's that four hours a week the four hour work week it's basically Tim Ferriss. right Yep. Yeah, and he basically talks about lifestyle design. I'd say it's like the one book that basically kind of inspired and taught me how to do all of this. Um, but I would say it's one of the the main idea here is lifestyle design. And I think lifestyle design is the coolest concept of them all. It's right. basically, you know, defining, hey, these are my morals. This is my values. This is what's important to me. How can I create, you know, systems around me that allow me to live that and allow me to do that? And the thing is, a lot of people don't realize is anything is possible. You could work four hours a week and make six figures if you really wanted to out of, you know, some co-working space in the Bahamas. It's possible. There's a lot of people out there doing it. Um, you know, people, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that a lot of people have is, you know, I'm going to just fill up my schedule and work, 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 work. And I'm going to be busy all the time. But the thing is, um, and a lot of, a lot of really, you know, rich and influential people say this is that, you know, being busy is a really, really bad excuse because you want to be able to design your life in a specific way that, you know, you're allowed to have, you know, specific time to do certain things that you really want to do. And I think that's one of the big misconceptions is that, you know, there's ways to, to design life in a specific way that allow you to, um, you know, have these experiences, have fun in your 20s, have fun in your 30s, and still, you know, live comfortably and have fun and, um, you know, do everything that you want to do. I think at the end of the day, it just takes a lot of planning and effort. And it takes that just 
drive to just go for it. You know, that's, I, that's a big thing is, you know, you only have one life and you don't want to live a boring one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a really good Wait. Okay. So, um, I imagine I'm just putting myself in the shoes of someone like, wow, okay. I can have any lifestyle I want, but then there's the question of like, where do I start? So where, how, how did you start or like what? Um, so it was, I mean, it was really interesting. Um, basically I kind of just started as a freelancer. Um, so I was basically doing SEO. Um, that's kind of what my company is now. I was basically doing, I was kind of a little freelancer, which is basically, um, you go on Upwork and you get these really small gigs for, you know, small companies that don't want to hire an actual employee. They want to, you know, contract 1099s. Um, so basically you just kind of just do that. Um, basically kind of just made a name for myself and kind of just leveraged past work history, made some case studies, some video testimonials, and kind of just worked into bigger and bigger things. And I think um, that's basically exactly how I did it was just right. <laughs> do something good, do do something really, really good, and then leverage that to get something better and then do a great job, get some social proof, leverage that into something even bigger. And it's basically just a repetitive cycle from there. So uh, that's right. exactly yeah right okay so from my can i repeat it to you and you tell me if that's um accurate to what you said (laughs) so Uh start small with something that you enjoy and are good at um and then just do it small but do it really well for people then get those testimonials and then you just sort of builds up from there yeah i mean i would say that's kind of my big viewpoint on life and marketing overall is basically try everything and once you find something that works, even the slightest amount, then double down on it, double down on it, optimize it, double down on it, optimize it. And that's basically, eventually you'll make something pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's a really cool. That's a really simple way to look at it. I think that really helps, um, helps me. Yeah. I'm sure it helps lots of people. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think it gets overcomplicated a lot, at least a in lot. our minds. <laughs> Everyone tries to overcomplicate things, but yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And that way anyone can really build the sort of lifestyle that they want mm-hmm. from your own experiences as well that testified to it. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I can leave. What were your two? Do you want me to leave any details on the little thingy that people can read? Um, what thing? <laughs> The description of the, so every podcast has a description um, and I can leave a little thing. By the way, we're still recording them. I can... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, basically, just check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, Jeff, okay. Jeff, LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. okay, check out Jeff on LinkedIn. Okay, thank you Jeff, for being here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. I'll see you in the next one.